The year's 2007. It's 10-10, October 10th. Since we like Buffett music so much here on the North Coast, we've been drawn to other good music, and as if you listen to us, you know that uh, we also like someone named Roger Klein, of Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. So what you guys think of uh, Roger Klein played in Ferndale, Michigan, again here in Metro Detroit, the Magic Bag. We, You might have heard us talk about that place before. Um, we took, I think there was four of us, which I would call veterans, that had been to at least one show, and uh, we brought a total of five newbies with us, <laughs> a ratio of more than one to one. I think the show was nice. It was loud. It was a good show. <laughs> Well, I, I don't know. If, uh, I actually brought earplugs this time because the last Magic Bag show was so incredibly loud. I was suffering the whole next day, so I actually brought earplugs. So I, well, the, the volume of the show is that's in part due to where we uh, sit because we actually sit real close to the the uh, stage at all times. <laughs> well, when when you say sit, you mean stand, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. What's he get? Are you ordering room service? Are you getting room service? Right. So somebody there with you? Down service. Or are you just getting service in your room? What's going on? What did you say? It was turned down service. I had to go answer the door. No, you're supposed you, to turn it down. Did you turn it down? I turned down the turn down, except I took the chocolate. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> we started early for this show. Doors are at 8, shows at after 9, and Mick, Greg, and I took off around 2, 2.30 from or North Coast headquarters, I guess, and then uh, here, and uh, headed out. We, we first visited the Post Bar and had some $2 Coronas, watched some baseball. Nobody, hardly anybody else was in there. And then uh, headed down, put some money in the meter. <laughs> <laughs> we put More. five bucks in the meter to last us till 2.30 in the morning, was it? Yep. Ten yeah. hours. We had ten hours. Even though they stop after 9 p.m., but I, I think that's BS. I don't think they do. Necessarily, we, had no, we made sure that they didn't. <laughs> you made sure that yeah. they didn't. And then, uh, well, heck, heck, it was only five dollars a quarter. And then uh, headed over to which right by the post, right between the magic bag and the post bar was House Bayou. Yeah, half a block up, Cage, up the road. Yeah, Cajun restaurant with some outdoor seating. We sat inside. Uh, photos are on our uh, on our blog photo page. Yeah, wastingaway.net slash gallery, and look for the. Uh, October photos. Good food. Yeah, and the food was exceptional. I liked it. I, had I would like to go back. That was very good. Spicy. I had read it. Took my breath away. <laughs> yes, right. It literally took Craig's that and the hot sauce. It literally <laughs> took his breath away. That's right. You can tell that story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a story. So hold that thought. Apparently, it was all the hot sauce Greg was pouring on his meal, and. uh uh, and and we had Roger Klein tunes spinning, yeah. and I guess spin, spinning on the speakers in the restaurant. Someone who I only know, I think, I assume I have JT to thank. JT being someone at the message boards, the watering hole at azpeacemakers.com. He was supposed to supply the music, and apparently he did because they were playing the music, so it was, it was nice. And that's where we... Uh, Met up with Chad Heckler. Okay. Who is? Heckler Custom Guitars, 734-320-3212. He does custom guitars, repairs, setups, 
and conduct build your own guitar workshops. So, why why did you guys meet up with Chad Heckler of Heckler Custom Guitar? Because we noticed, or the people have been talking on this leg or the last leg of the tour that Roger started playing with a new guitar, and Mike could help me out on what kind of it's like some kind of well, they always say telly. It looks like a telly, Telecaster. It's a, it's a Telecaster body. It looks just like. You know, the Fender Telecaster. Okay. And people in the water hole actually started asking, what's about this guitar and posting some photos? And then finally some, someone got a hold of Chad Heckler. They, they started saying, oh, it's someone in Montana, someone in North Dakota, something like that. And it's right here in our backyard on the North Coast where Chad Heckler resides and uh, made this guitar uh, custom-made for Roger. I think he, he sought him out and... Uh, and made this guitar for him with the with the petroglyph on the guitar. That's pretty much the only. I mean, it's just, it's just stained, right? The guitar, and then it has the glyph stained on it. I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know if he used a lot of the stain because it was. He wanted it to be natural. He just put like a finish on it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, and, uh, when I say stain, I don't know. What I'm talking about finish, whatever. I think that the glyph is not like a sticker or anything. It's not painted. I don't think, right? Or. No, I don't think so. I think it's some kind of an inlay. Yeah. That's right, but, and, and he's got an inlay in the uh, in the neck as well. He's got an RCPM inlaid in the uh, yeah, in the, so the pictures. And uh, so we uh, we thought that'd be cool since he's right here in our backyard, and he was on the discussion board stating that he was looking forward to finally seeing the guitar in action. And uh, so he's planning on going to the Magic Bag show, which is the closest one to his home. So we sought him out, made an appointment. And uh, we were lucky enough to have him uh, sit down and and enlighten us on uh, this guitar and all, all things Roger Klein. When I once I got a hold once we got a hold of him, uh, not only did we have something to talk about with the new guitar, he said he had been in contact with Roger and the guitar tech Jamie, and was supposed to meet up with Roger for sound check and check out the guitar. Roger had already told him that it had quite a few battles, some good battle scars. Good battle scars. And at the same time, somehow they sent him another guitar. Old Faithful, as Chad refers to it. They sent him that guitar to uh, fix, I think. Yeah, he had to put all new frets on. I guess the frets were worn. Yeah, it turned out it wasn't much work for him, and uh, he was just it was just a pleasure for him to do it. The frets hey, was fine. the main problem. No. And... Uh, but this this is, goes back to refreshment days with Roger, and so Chad had to spend that day, I think, giving that guitar back to him. So, uh, with all this material and also knowing that he's been a fan of refreshments and Roger Klein for a while, Chad was uh, gracious enough to sit down at House Bayou, amongst the noise and the music, and the partying and. Uh, answer some questions. The year is 2007, it's the 4th of October, and we're actually in, what is this called, Howes Bayou, Rest Bayou. Did we mention that there's stuff. beer? <laughs> no, everybody knows. Cheers. Yeah, that's, uh, we're all used to it. I didn't prepare, okay, cheers. Here's the light. Most of our podcasts are fueled by beer or some sort of, uh, and uh, it's the first time I'm going to ask you, Chad, uh, you made this guitar, right? Yep, all so, handmade. Handmade. So, yep. uh, describe uh, anything else you want to describe about the, what kind of guitar is it? And all that, or well, I actually, um, it's the second guitar I've built for Roger. Um, the first one, um, I had more of my own 
uh, playing style in mind and sound. And when I brought it up, it was an impromptu um, meeting with him. I just said, hey, you know, I built this guitar. Um, I'd been working on it. I'd like for you to try it out and play it, and you can have it if you like it. It was actually here in, um, in March. And he played it, and he said, you know, this is a really nice guitar, but um, it's not my style. It's too heavy. It's got more of a lead guitar sound, and I'm more of a rhythm guy. I like it to stand out. And so I took some notes. Um, I don't know. I, I could have taken it two ways. I, I could have taken it as, you know, he didn't really like what I, what I had to offer, or I could take the criticism and try again. So... Um, I noticed he's, he, his previous guitar was the Telecaster, the Highway 1 Telecaster, um, and there were a few things that he said he liked about it. Um, number one was it was an alder body, made out of alder, um, and it had a very minimal finish on it, which he said made it sound more open, and um, he really liked that it. it didn't have a nice, thick, lacquered finish on it. Um, he's not a fan of that. And um, the other thing he said was he only uses the one pickup. So, I mean, I'm all about making it exactly what the person uses or needs. So he said no tone, no tone control, one pickup. So it's, if you notice, it's only got one volume knob right, right in the middle of the, the petroglyph. And somebody on the website said it makes it look like a nipple. I, I, don't, I don't really care. Yeah, I'm glad you said it. So I was going to say it. I um, disagree. I don't know about that. And, and I don't see the point in building a guitar unless it has a nice, you know, a nice top to it to make it look nice. So I chose uh, California Redwood, curly California Redwood. Um, the trees can get up to a few thousand years old. This one was around a thousand years old. Um, and then I chose a curly maple for the neck because I really like the sound of a maple neck. That's about it. Why don't you tell us about your business? Um, believe it or not, I... I actually learned everything I know from just trying it, and I read a book about a year and a half ago and thought, I want to try this, and so, so far I've, I've built a limited number of guitars, but each one I build is different, um, build with my own hands, I don't buy any pre-made necks or even pre-cut boards, I try to get rough sawn lumber as much as I can. Um, I live on a farm, so I've harvested my own ash trees and tried using the um, ash from that so that I could say that I built something that also was on my property. So, um, Roger, Roger would like Roger that. Would I think he really would. So I've got some drying right now. Well, another thing, I just told him about an hour ago, I said, uh, you know, I noticed you've been playing my guitar a lot. He said, yeah, I really like it. Um, I said, I'm going to build you a guitar for every album. You, you put out so it encourages you to m keep making albums and then I get a little bit of publicity from it so hopefully um, he'll keep making albums and I'll keep making guitars sounds like a good deal yeah for everybody. it's not going to break the bank if I make one for him every two years and give it away but it, at the same time it's going to encourage him to maybe maybe encourage him I don't know you play professionally as well right um, semi, well, I get paid sometimes to play, so that's professionally, right? Um, I started out, you know, 10, 12 years ago in a rock band, and I still play with them once in a while, Red 57, and then I, I do more coffee shops and bars, stuff like this, myself, just acoustically, and it's, to me it's more fun, because I don't have to follow direction, I can just do whatever I want. It's just, it's a fun atmosphere, you get people going on it, and, I can play whatever songs I want. I don't have to argue with people. I can play 10-piece maker songs or whatever. A couple Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, what, what songs do you play? Um, 
I didn't play any until I started playing with a gentleman um, about five years ago, and he got me turned on to um, Jimmy Buffett. And I actually saw him in concert um, in Phoenix with my dad. It was it was pretty impressive, actually. The fans are pretty crazy. Obviously, you guys are sitting around here staring at me, <laughs> wanting me to say, "I'm good." Thank you. Um, and. I was really impressed. I mean, he's getting to be a, a, an old guy, but he can still put on a, a hell of a show. But I played, uh, I still play Come Monday and uh, Margaritaville. Those are always crowd favorites. Okay, now besides the guitar you made for Roger recently, with the nipple glyph and everything, you, uh, you also, I think, recently fixed it, or serviced the guitar. Right? Old Faithful, yeah. Serviced um, when, uh, when the Peacemakers joined... Um, I don't know, let me go back a, a few years. Um, I was probably about 17 or 18, and I wanted to see the refreshment so bad. I mean, that was my favorite band of all time. And um, I, when I first heard Fizzy Fuzzy, it was, it was an amazing thing. I mean, it started out with Banditos, and then I got infected with the whole album. But um, Sounds familiar. <laughs> it, it just started like just with Banditos. I, mean, I said the same thing to that. Yes. It started, and, and so I wanted to see the freshman so bad, and you know, my mom, she wouldn't let me go to St. Andrews Hall, she's like, Detroit, anything east, or anything east to know by is Detroit, you, you don't need to go out there. <laughs> so, um, so I was in Arizona, and, and my dad, um, I, you know, I'm always talking about him and stuff, and he's like, oh, I heard these guys are playing, I'm like, where? And they're like, Gibson's in, in uh, downtown Tempe, so I'm like, you gotta get me in there. My dad's like, well, it's 21 and over. I'll just make you a fake ID. So my, my dad made me a fake ID, took me down there, marched me in line, and um, stood in line. Bouncer looked at my ID and he said, no way, this is fake. <laughs> but it was really nice because the venue had like these, I don't know if you've ever been to Gibson's, but they shut it down since then. But first, probably selling off all the miners. But they, um, the doors like are nice, uh, like wide. So I stood right front of the doors I mean Brian Blush walked right by me I shook his hand you know said hi and um, I stood there watched the whole concert so that was my first time seeing the refreshments and I mean I felt I wasn't like 100 yards away or anything I mean the stage was 30 yards from me so I mean it was pretty cool and then maybe a couple years later I still wasn't 20 and one yet and that was when the Peacemakers started forming and um, I went back and same thing except it worked this time so I got to see the Peacemakers like when they first started up I mean they had like four guitars on stage Scotty Johnson was playing with them I don't know if you remember that um, so I don't, I don't remember how I got on this on this thread what was the question originally oh anyway right when the Peacemakers formed Roger bought this guitar and um, when I took it apart I saw the serial number was like 98 or something so it made sense um, but he got this guitar and he recorded all his albums with it so when uh, when Jamie called me Jamie's their guitar tech and he said hey I got I want you to maybe do a fret job on, on one of Roger's guitars. I said, all right, send it over. So um, $42, and three days later, I got it in the mail, and um, I opened it up, and I couldn't believe what it was. You know, I yeah. looked at yeah. the back yeah. of it. It, it says, uh, it's got a sticker that says Roger Klein for president. There's, like, all these tour stickers all over it. There's actually chunks of wood missing from this guitar, which I got to tell you, I just saw my guitar in there a couple minutes ago, and it's, it chunks looks pretty much the same way. That was another question I was going to ask about the battle <laughs> scars. So, um, so Old Faithful, once I once I got it, I, I couldn't believe what it was, and, and I, I took all the strings. They, they, there's no strings off of it or strings on it. Um, so I took it all apart, checked onto the pick guard. <laughs> I think they know them. And we, um, 
so I took it apart, took a bunch of pictures, and when I got, took the pick guard off, there's like 10 picks underneath there, because he likes to stick the picks around the pick guard, and uh, so I took one of those, anyway. But, Do you want us to edit that part yeah. out? No, no, he, he doesn't care. Um, so I, I, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. I, I just had to put new frets in it and then um, respray the finish on the top. But he made it evident that he did not want to take away the character or refinish anything basically. So I, it, it was I, it was all I could do not to wipe it down with a rag. I mean, it's looking really it's looking really beat up. But to me, I mean, that's a part of history. It's every album. It's been on every album, and you see all kinds of old pictures with him playing it. How did you first get in contact? Um, yeah, first, I mean, I met Roger like 20 times before this whole guitar thing. Um, I've probably seen him 20 times in concert. 20 times? Uh, I've never where? seen him in Mexico, though. Oh, you haven't gone to Mexico? No, I've seen him half a dozen times in Arizona and around here and um, Ohio, Indiana, stuff like that. So you're, you, you've lived here pretty much this whole time? And yeah, 27 years. 27 years? So in Arizona, you've seen him a few times. My dad, uh, my parents got divorced when I was young, so my dad lives in Arizona. So I go out there three times a year. Wow! So you got a connection. I mean, because Brian Blush is from around this area originally. Right. And I have seen Brian Blush a couple times around here. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen him live. It's a scary thing. Is that right? He cannot sing. (laughs) But I tell you what, he's a really nice guy. I mean. I got drunk with him a couple times. <laughs> and, I would uh, love to see him live. I, 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 he moved back to, I think, Arizona for a while, but then now he's in California or something. So, I don't, I don't have a real good connection with him. Um, he was supposed to come over and jam one night, and I guess he got uh, too drunk and he got robbed or something, so he lost his wallet, which had my number in it. I don't know, long story. But, yeah, he has a lot of long stories. Oh, I tell you what, like, that but guy... But he can play the guitar. That guy is... Uh, my two favorite bands for the longest time were Better Than Ezra and The Refreshments. And they both, I mean, Brian Blush played an old gold top Les Paul. Same thing with Kevin Griffin from Better Than Ezra. So I'm like, I'm infatuated with that guitar and I had to buy one. Since since I started building guitars, I haven't bought, I'll never buy a guitar again. I mean, when I start looking at production guitars and see the flaws that are in them, and I think, well, I could have done better with my hands or something. I could have made it you know, more personal with my hands. Yeah. But you do have the, the gold top then. I got rid of it to, to buy tools to build guitars. Oh, yeah? yeah. Good trade I sold it right? for two grand and I bought a planer and a drum sander. <laughs> but I know I, I know I justified it with saying that I could build hundreds of guitars yeah. with these tools, so it really hurts me to this day, so I have to build I have to build one now. Well the only actual specific guitar questions that I had because I saw the photo okay. and I noticed that there was just the one bridge pickup yep. and I thought that was kind of unusual and it turns out that it's by design if Roger only plays it. Yeah. It's almost unusual looking when you look at it. It looks almost aesthetically weird because you're used to seeing that pickup up next to the neck yep. and you're also used to seeing a pick guard which in hindsight I probably should have put a pick guard on there because well, it, it, it looks really torn up. But I, I don't know. I, I did I went with his idea that um, minimal or just what's necessary is good because I mean he likes he loves nature and he likes hiking and and um, you know he always talks about being one with yeah. with nature so I figured he would fully appreciate being what's having what's necessary and I, I, I thought the same thing in the choice of the woods and even the finish um, the finish is what they use on class, classically on violins it's a shellac 
which they don't use on um, electric guitars. They usually use a nitrocellulose lacquer, which is really hard and durable. Um, but I chose the shellac because he said, first of all, he likes a thin finish, and he I know that he likes organic and simple things. So it's hand, it's hand rubbed and it's no, there's no spray equipment involved. So. And the single tone control, I mean, that's, again, that's, that's an unusual thing on a, a Telecaster-type body, but... Yeah, when I took apart Old Faithful, I, yeah, obviously it has a tone and a volume, and when I took apart the electronics cavity, the wires were cut to the tone pot. Oh, is that right? Yeah, so, I mean, he wasn't lying when he said he doesn't use the tone. Apparently not. But, I mean, if you, if you watch guitar players nowadays, or any guitar player, they're always fidgeting, turning the knobs, like, checking to make sure they're all the way up. So most, most players play with... The treble all the way up on the guitar anyway so it just leaves one less thing for you to have to worry about so. and even if um, even if you don't like the sound of the guitar I could permanently make it what your sound was so you didn't have to adjust it right, nobody right. wants to worry about all these factors when they're playing live right yeah so. I mean if he's always playing a certain style then that's fine yes yep. thank you and you can dial it in on the amp instead of having it on the guitar yeah. you know. keeps it all steady on the guitar yes well, how long, like if uh, if somebody did turn in an order for a guitar, how long would it take to get that? Um, right now, I'm only like two weeks from finishing a guitar. Oh, wow. So, um, if, I, if I had an order today, you know, starting in two weeks, I could start working on it. And it would take about two months for an electric um, and three months for an acoustic. I'm building oh, you acoustic. acoustics, too. Yeah. It's, it, it's more of a challenge, and I like the fact that the sound comes from the wood. More from the wood. Did you get that, Mick? Yeah. Keep it keep That didn't sound like a guitar at all. <laughs> Switchblade. That was kind of like a cymbal. Yeah. Man. So, yeah, to me, acoustic is more of a challenge, and I'll probably move more towards them in, in the future. You know? But even if I don't have an order, I gotta I gotta keep building. So yeah. it's just I like coming home, working a few hours um, on it. My my day job is engineer, so uh, put in my ten hours and come home and stay in the garage. Yeah. Cool. See the the wheels are turning. I'm, I'm thinking. Uh, I don't. But then he mentioned acoustic. I like acoustic guitars too. And I, I, I need to buy a guitar. So my, yeah, I just want to buy one. Do you, you have any guitars? I'm sorry? Do you have eight guitars? No, no. Uh, oh. Actually, I'm getting close to that. I have, uh, what, five? Four, five? And my top main guitar is, is, is uh, I have a Jimmy Buffett signature guitar. So that's... What kind of guitar is it? It's the Shellback from Paul Mahogany. Acoustic. It's really nice. It's uh, number 67 of 168. It's a series. 67 of 68? Yeah. So who makes it? Martin guitar. Wow, yeah. that's impressive. Yeah. I like Martin guitars. Yeah. If I didn't play my own guitars, I'd probably, I'd probably play Martin guitars or it's, Taylor. It's nice. I right. think uh, Taylor and Martin are top notch. Yeah. I have one of each, but oh really? Yeah. I have a Taylor uh, six string and a Martin twelve string. I like it a lot. But uh, I'm intrigued by your your products. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't. It's only going to get better because, like I said, I've only been building for a couple of years. So yeah. the more I try, the more I find out what I like, and, and um, whatever whatever the customer wants, I, I'm confident that I can make it happen. You know, I want to thank Chad for joining us. Not only just joining us, but 
what you can't tell on audio is he's hobbling around badly on a couple of crutches. <laughs> and he came down the street to uh, meet with us, so thank you. Hey, man. Beer and, and Peacemakers before the show. Yep. Well, that's what, what's, your, what's your favorite tequila? Uh, whatever's free. I don't care. <laughs> Well, well, you're about to get some of your favorite tequila. There you go. Oh man, I found out earlier too. Roger's like, so what do you want? What do you want me to pay for old people? I'm like, I charge you. Dude. It cost me what? A few dollars for front wire and 20 hours of my time. I mean, that was fun. The whole time I'm sanding on it, I'm just thinking, man, this guitar made these songs. And I'm like, so I, to me, I don't know. I, he says, well, I'll get you a table and a, and a bar tab. So I'm like, okay. I know I need a seat, and the bar tab's nice. So you your favorite tequila there, too. <laughs> yeah. He's getting nothing but his favorite tequila. Are you guys going to the show tomorrow night or no? Yep. Yeah. I'll you? see you there tomorrow, then. Oh, really? All right, well, interview part two. Whatever doesn't come out tonight, yeah. we'll try You guys will think of some more. Maybe the guitar will break in half. We'll have something to talk about. Yeah, well, I'll have to fix it in the morning. <laughs> I still have leftovers. I mean, I got the exact same wood from the top, so if anybody wants... I only used half of it, so if anybody wants a guitar that's very similar, I, I will not... Now we're talking. Oh, we're talking about the same now wood. I will not build a guitar that's exactly the same, because I, I can't use the petroglyph symbol. Obviously, it's copyright or trademark to Roger, and, but I have, the, I have one piece of the same exact wood that I used to make his top, and I also have... Uh, another billet for the neck that was from the same log. So. Oh well, we may we may have to take care of that. <laughs> Mike's getting his checkbook out right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, seriously, I don't, I'm, if you check any other custom builder, I'm way under, and I like to be that way because to me it's not about it's not about the money. I, I, to me, it's about building something that somebody else is going to make music with. So that's why there's nothing's making me more excited than him making music with something that I built. So. Yeah, yeah. So the, uh, how'd you guys like the concert? I mean, seriously, I liked it. Contrast. I don't. I don't want to contrast it right now to the Cleveland show. It was yeah, loud. Don't, don't contrast. Yeah, just look at it. I guess compare it to like maybe the last Detroit show we saw. Yeah, uh, we. And go ahead. as far as that goes, I, it was uh, a lot less new material, and and I think uh, you know we got some more refreshment stuff in there. But uh, overall, it was a good show, I thought. Yeah, I, I liked the show. Uh, again, it might be because where we're sitting, but now we were we were sitting up in the second tier, the pit. And when right, you say sitting, you mean standing. Standing. Standing room <laughs> only. There is there is some limited seat, seating at the Magic Bag. The yeah, Magic Bag is kind of long and lean and tiered a little bit. So we got the pit in front, which we were last couple times. Um, we were above that pit in the first row, so to speak. And I, we had a good, good sight line. Mm-hmm. I like, I like. Yeah, I, I think that's like a perfect spot. Yeah, there's nobody in front of you, and you got like a little shelf for your drinks. Yeah, yeah. And you got a little show going on in, in the pit too. You, you yeah. can, you can watch. You can, Speak but you're it. not being jostled around with those people. You could just see right. what's going on, except for you can, you can participate if you want to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, the big missing song was Americano. I think. Yeah, we and, noticed uh, that one right away. Yep. And the set list was what, from what seems, Roger's always changing the set list around, but typically certain songs might start or end the set, and I've seen this, he does this before, but typically the set starts with Hello New Day lately and ends with, uh, and it ends with Lemons. lemons. And uh, he started right. with Lemons, and without the 
cowbell stuff without Jason Boots playing the trumpet, just more of a hard rocking version of Lemons, which was cool that we got to see that instead of the same version all the time. Yeah, it was definitely a different version. And then sure. he finishes with Hello New Day uh, that night instead. So it was cool to see him change the set list around, at least from front to back like that. And, uh, and well, we did talk to Jason Boots selling shirts later on when me and Mike bought, Mike and I bought similar, but not the same shirts. But at the time, you did not know that. You yeah. know that they are not the same shirts. Yeah, they're, they're similar. It was only until you wore them at the Cleveland concert did you realize Well, they were secretly, somehow, subconsciously, we knew. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, see, there's something there. And Jason Boots was, it you know... Rogers to confirm it for us. <laughs> yes, we did. From the man himself told us. And uh, so Jason Boots expressed to us that uh, he was just a little ticked off or whatever. That it was the first time they were playing Lemons without him that night. That's what he said, anyway. Yeah. So it was, that was interesting. Any other? What about the newbie? Anything standouts? I know I, I'm going to. Well, prompt you for Blue Collar Suicide, right? Yes, I, 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 I really enjoyed Blue Collar Suicide. I, I, I like the fact that how they let PH do a little bit of a, a drum. You know, he was just intro. doing a drum intro. And I really appreciate his, his intensity. Greg um, is playing air drums right yeah, now, Mike. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say that. Sorry. But I guess I'm intense in giving my expression to how intense PH is when uh, he's playing. I mean, it's, he's just, just a serious look on his face and just stretching out and making sure he hits the right, you know, high top or whatever we call those or cymbals. We don't know the, the percussion stuff. Yeah, those, here, those noise things. The things that make the noise that sound like good drums. And then all of a sudden, Blue Collar Suicide just jumps in. And it was it's, like, wow, I really like that. That was, it's that was good. It's got a great, great and beginning. And the fact that this concert had a lot of refreshment stuff, which is the CD that I've got right now, Oh, along with the other compilations. Um, but it was a lot of songs that I was familiar with. So I was hearing, you know, not not fully understanding the, the, the verses he was singing it, because I don't know him as well as you guys do yet, but, you know, I, I was picking out, you know, the the chorus and whatever, hearing the songs, and I was really you appreciating really it. recognize the songs, right? Yeah, yeah, I can recognize a lot of the songs. And the songs that I didn't recognize, that... Uh, they just—they—they they all had a good sound to them. I, I really liked them. It was good. I envy someone like Greg, where uh, I know all the songs and and everything so well. It'd be cool to just be familiar with some, hear some things for the first time, yeah, and see if they might stick out with you or they might just pass through. No big deal. And uh, but I remember the first time I saw them too in Detroit. I had the same first impression there about PH. Yeah, uh, that struck me right away. That how how that guy concentrates and, and uh, just how awesome uh, the, the uh, drum playing is. Yeah, and he's just, uh, amazing to watch. He's got those little drumsticks and light, and uh, but every muscle's flexing in the arms as he's playing lightly or pounding. You know, it's it's, it's, it's different than like. He's got an unusual setup. He, he like his He's drums low. like are set flat and almost tilted toward the audience in a way. The cymbals are tilted and, toward the audience. Yeah, and every he, single he, like, one. He like it's leans weird. over them towards the audience and, and like reaches over 
to play a lot of it, which is unusual. Yeah, it's fun to watch him yeah, play around, and it's always fun to watch him play Switchblade. That yeah. always stands out because he's got, I don't even know, he's got the sticks with the soft ends on him, but the puffy really cloth ends, whatever, whatever you would call that, but then he's flipping them in his hand and then playing them, flipping them back. And, oh, you mean like uh, timpani, timpani? Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. like... Yeah. But he's flipping them back and using the other side and pounding and they're flipping back all through the song. It's just a joy to watch him play Switchblade since the very first time Mike and I saw him and, and with Scott in uh, at the Magic Bag uh, that all a whole uh, year ago. Yeah. <laughs> One whole year ago. See, Roger doesn't just uh, come to Detroit. He comes a few couple times a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't forgot about Detroit. No. He did kind of skip us during the last leg, but I think he might have skipped Cleveland, too. I think we were well, told He skipped us on the solo tour, but... Yeah. The solo tour, it's not really much of a tour. At the end, well, are we in concert mode, or when we meet Roger at the bus mode? Yeah, you can do that. Reminisce about the show. And then, I, of course... Yeah, we got to... I like, I like how he actually remembered you guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he... With yeah, the, the, well, That's first of all, he always remembers Mike's shirt. Because it's old school. Yeah, he says the same thing every time he sees it. And he remembered where he was at when you guys did the interview with him. Yeah. And he knew it, we were a podcast, so now he's like, it's a play on a Jimmy Buffett song. <laughs> like he wasn't sure of the song, and he kept going north. What, what did he say? Northwest? North yeah, you mentioned Northwest. northwest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now he's stuck. Once he says Northwest, he's not going <laughs> to get North Coast. <laughs> but he tried, and he, he did better. Heck, I, was I think in, he's listened to more episodes than uh, than Greg. Yeah. I, was, I was just impressed that until he this weekend. Remembered that much about us? And, and well, it's amazing with he, all the people he talks to at every show. You think about that. He, he's catching these people behind the uh, you know at the bus at every single show, and yet he still remembers people. Yeah, he remembered <laughs> where he was when he did our phone interview. Yeah, that's yeah, incredibly that's impressive. Amazing. It's some kind of uh, that's a. Important point for him because when he saw Mike last May at Magic Bag behind Magic Bag for the show, and he said, "Oh yeah, North Coast." Everybody, you know, Mike mentioned we're going to interview. He goes, "Oh yeah, I'll be in Iowa." Whatever he he was really yeah, big on where he was going to be when he talked. He already knew it. Yeah, so he, he already was on his. You know, he, he didn't even look. He didn't look at a notebook or anything. He remembered. He knew what time it was too. Yeah, he said, like four o'clock. He knew the time and everything. Yes, it was just interesting. So maybe the location, I guess when you're on tour, the location becomes important. Keep track of where the heck you are, because I can. I assume they can get crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or it does get crazy. And so we were able to talk with him after the show, take another picture, and uh, not bug him too much. And and then, <laughs> then, then as we had our little afterglow in the parking lot, the one I think was Natalie. Was Jackie. her name Natalie? Was yeah, Nat, Nat, no, Natalie, Natalie was the first one. Natalie. Natalie, Natalie came and said and wanted us to try to get, like we had had an in and see if our mission was to get her to meet Roger. Yeah. And he had just, just we're like, well, just go at, talk to him. Well, like, walk over there. And <laughs> he's on the other side of that brick wall. I, mean, I snapped my there. fingers. Go talk to him now, but she was too <laughs> slow. He got in the bus and it was over, because everybody was done talking to mm -hmm. him. And she Natalie was, uh, yeah. 
she missed her opportunity. So you'll see a picture of her friend Jackie trying to, I don't know, I don't know, knock on the window of the bus, whatever they were doing. Uh-huh. I think that was like the bathroom area. <laughs> I don't probably. <laughs> Well, so, life just, of a rock and roll like the old Beatles song. <laughs> the next day, and uh, bright and early, ready to go to Cleveland to see Roger that night at the Beachland Ballroom in Cleveland. Next show of the tour, we're supposed to show up at Mix House bright and early at 10 o'clock or something. Here we go. <laughs> and someone was late. <laughs> he kept whining about the night before, can we go later? No, we insisted it. He must have in the back of his head said, I'll just be late anyway. Exactly. That's what I was <laughs> I'll show those guys. Mike got his way. And he didn't do any work at all. And he still didn't I get forgot, work. I forgot one minor detail. I forgot entirely to pack. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, folk, we're not just packing for a one-day trip. And Mike was like me and, and Greg, where we had, this is Friday, so the next day, Saturday, is a Michigan football game that we have to pack for as well, or yeah. at least have the right stuff for the right gear the right gear he had to have everything together for it so I mean I'm packing for two different events in one day and I forgot entirely about packing anything <laughs> so anyhow we took off went to uh, got all of us together uh, I don't have to go into details and took off for Cleveland from the uh, from the north go right around the north coast on uh, Lake Erie and uh, yeah. well because Mike was late we didn't get to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. So we eventually saw it from the outside. Yeah, we drove past it. <laughs> all right, you got to see it from the outside. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and the front's all glass. Only because so Mike it's had the it. same as seeing everything inside. So. <laughs> Which is located on the North Coast, what was it, North Coast Division or North Coast? Yeah, the Cleveland has this has this uh, delusion that they're on the North Coast. <laughs> They, everything in Cleveland's on the North Coast, but it's like one side of Cleveland's on the North Coast. Almost every side of Michigan is the North Coast. Right. So come on, Cleveland, face facts. Cleveland's dead, we, out, we outnumber you as far as coasts go. So right there on Lake Erie, right there, I think, on the lake is the Brown Stadium and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And the only reason we drove past it a couple times was Mike just took us away from... Uh, the venue area because it's in a really bi- it seems like it's in a really bad part of town again, am I getting blamed for that again <laughs> the only reason we saw it from the outside was because we were pretty much lost no we were getting the heck away from yeah, we the neighborhood we, we couldn't find any restaurants right by the venue so we uh, just got on the expressway and headed into the city thinking that there'd be more restaurants there but even when we got into the city we couldn't really find anything it reminded me it looked so much like downtown Detroit we were very auspicious about the, the fact that there were actually six or seven cars when we first pulled in, and they were eating in their car. Yeah, they brought their own food. <laughs> like, yeah, you better. They brought their food. <laughs> They've the been there before, lot. and you don't go to the. There is restaurants around the venue. You just don't want to go in there unless you're. I don't uh, know. tailgating. That's that's the deal there. You got to remember that for next time. Yeah. Yeah. So we went down downtown toward the blimp. Yankees and Indians are playing a baseball playoff game. We found a like a neighborhood downtown bar. I thought it was really cool, actually. Tavern on the mall. Yes, and I like the uh, tavern on the mall because yeah, yeah, it, it had an extra e at the end of it. Yeah, Joe yeah, liked the atmosphere, the ambiance. I did. I liked it a lot. I I will never forget this. It had so much character. If that place could talk. The food was pretty good. I mean, I had I had a prime rib, and it was uh, it was the good. Steak it was, was well and cooked excellent. Yeah, right. 
Great way to steak. What did you have, Schmoke? Same. Well, it was supposed to be a prime rib special. Is that oh, what we yeah. got? Yeah. It might it get might, like some. It might get a prime rib non special. Extra prime special. Prime rib special special. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, I had the fish fry. And the baseball game was on the two. People thought we were, we were just rooting for the Indians to tie the game. Or so it would delay the game oh, they, and put it in extra innings. We were a, a big, big fans. We're, we're really rooting for the Indians. <laughs> yeah. Rooting for a hit, rooting for a score, but we're just actually rooting for the game to get tied up so that the ending would be delayed so we could get out of the city before traffic started getting uh, yeah. congested. And, and then came the bugs. <laughs> yeah, then then if everybody you know if everybody knows anything about falls baseball, the bugs came. It just just for a half an inning and screw the Yankees over and the Indians end up winning an extra innings and we got to the venue with no traffic so that's all that really matters yeah. in the end. And that was only at the stadium too. It wasn't like the bugs were infesting the whole city because we right. didn't see any bugs at all when we left the when we left the no, tavern no. on the, it was all in the stadium. Yeah, so it was very strange. So we get to that that venue, the Beachland Ballroom. We had told Roger the night before magic bag that we were going there and he got he got excited so you're gonna love this place it's an old latvian dance hall um that you can might see ghosts flying around i think he mentioned that i and i really liked this place so once we got there and parked mike's car on the street nobody was as nobody concerned. else was at first nobody was there and then just a few minutes later actually his car was surrounded by other cars but and we uh, asked the guy in the place if it's going to be safe to park there, and he didn't give us a very straight answer. No, he didn't. He, he seemed almost well, surprised. You know, like, uh, if other people are parked there, you'll be okay. Hmm. That's not what I asked you. <laughs> right now, nobody else is parked there. We weren't as worried about all this as Mike was, <laughs> but it was his car. <laughs> so we all and I, I think this venue is smaller than the Magic Bag, right? We're about the same size. But it's less a, people were there, probably. It's wider than the it's smaller. It's, it, maybe it's wider. It's wider. It's not it's as deep. Not as long. It reminded me of the kind of a place that we had keg parties at when we were in college. Yeah, except, Just I mean, the floor party. was old wood. Old with, wood. With pieces missing. Kind well, of, or, you know, it had to be well-seasoned, I'll tell you that. <laughs> this yeah, is a, another it's place. It's old dance hall. It's parts old of the floor. wooden floor dance hall. Little, you know, stage. But you know what? It sounded really good. The acoustics were really good there. Now, we had heard the Magic Bag that, at least according to Chad Heckler, that the sound check didn't go so well. And uh, what Roger was all excited about this place and the sound, and we could visibly hear the difference. So maybe that's why he was excited, or part of the reason. At least it sounds that's good That's the only to thing hear. I could think of. It's not like a, a fancier place or a nicer place, but it did sound a lot better. It seemed more, it, it, it seemed more squared. Like the, 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 the sound was, was a big square. Room. Equally... Yeah, it's just a big box. It wasn't yeah. like a long rectangle like Magic Bag. It right. Was yeah. Just a box. And I think it had a wider stage, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess it did. I wore earplugs the first night. I didn't wear them for the, the second night. I was all set to wear earplugs the second. Uh, but that was fine. It just sounded so darn good. In fact, I put the earplugs in for a second, and it took away too much of the noise, I thought. so. But by then, I was going deaf. Anyway, <laughs> from the night before, so. What other, what's a good set list that night? Yeah, he opened up with World Ain't Gone Crazy, I believe. Which is strange. He closed with Lemons. Yeah, like, yeah I couldn't, I didn't remember that. But, and then, yeah, he threw a lot of curveballs in there, a lot of different songs that we hadn't heard before. He did play King of the Hill. Yeah. 
Well, with, yeah, with at the end of Gurley. A lot of songs from Americana. Practically every song from Americana. Except and, for Americana. Yeah, except for Americana. He did play God Gave Me a Gun first time yeah, we heard that. God Gave Me a Gun came up. There, um, yeah. And Tipping Diana, in the thread there, it's mentioned that in Detroit, after Detroit show, uh, Tippy and Diana are fans definitely always swinging through the Midwest leg of the tour to most shows. And I guess it was Diana that asked him, whatever happened, that guy gave me a gun. So then it shows up in the next night. Mm-hmm. It's cool. She just asked about it. And someone pointed out there were no songs from Honky Tonk Union. The second night. Not one single song from Honky Tonk Union. He played three in the Detroit show, at least three. Beautiful Disaster, Honky Talk Union, and Green and Dumb. Now, I did like Beautiful Disaster. I've never heard that one before. And that that be... was a good song. Yeah, that's a really good song. I think I kept turning around and telling, I think it was either, I think it was either you or Mike, that sounded really good. <laughs> Joe, uh... Thanks for introducing me to Beautiful Disaster, yeah, yeah. guys. <laughs> so, but anyway, the second I didn't play Honky Tonk Union song at all because he did substitute Green and Dumb, really, with the uh, Ashes of San Miguel. Yeah, which for me was great. I had, yeah, I, that's not a I song. That one it doesn't show up on a set list very much. I mean, there was there was a lot of substitution. The set lists had a lot of uh, variety going on, and that's cool. He knows that Cleveland, Detroit, close to each other like that. And supposedly but, he was taking uh, requests from the crowd. Oh yeah, he did take. He, it sounded like he was, but then you guys were saying that. Oh no, the set lists are written down, so I don't know. No, no, the, the set list that people, copies that people got, they'll, they won't have some of the songs. And I think one guy confirmed for Cleveland, we know Sin Ombre was a request because they had a sign asking for it. And he doesn't always play that. And what else did he play? I think Ashes was the other one. He did uh, Mexican Moonshine, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did Mexican Moonshine. Yeah, and that wasn't at the Detroit show. No. There was a lot of differences. We heard a lot of songs. I, 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 we heard a lot of songs in two nights. Mm-hmm. A lot of yeah, different I'm unique together, songs. Yeah. I'm really glad we did the Tonight deal because I I was kind of disappointed with the Detroit show, to be perfectly honest. But uh, seeing both shows together, that was great. Yeah. Yeah, I like the Detroit show a lot, but you, you compare it, though. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the Cleveland show, I think. And, and maybe it was because it was a Friday night and, you know, the, the crowd energy. was lively or whatnot. The energy was um, up with the band know. more than the crowd. Well, there was energy in the crowd, but we were in what might be... I mean, we were in similar to the pit at Magic Bag. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of jostling around. Yeah, and, come on, tell the story. Don't yeah, just keep talking about yeah, the we should talk about Shelly. Tell the story about Cleveland, guys. Shelly and... Uh, Cheryl. Cheryl. Shelly. Shelly and her husband, I don't know, and he had a flask. Chris, that's a, wasn't it? Tim. No, Tim, Tim, I think. Tim. Some people so call they're, him Tim. They're involved in Sunset Cantina. Cheryl. Cheryl was her cousin-in-law. They Even said. though they looked like sisters. They looked like sisters, but apparently Cheryl was a cousin of Tim. Tim and Shelly are from Arizona. Tim I, had a flask that he bought or made. It said Mexican moonshine on it. Uh, he had engraved in the back, "Here's to life," and he said it was filled with Mexican moonshine. And if it was, we got a sip of it. Yeah, I got a sip of it, Greg got a sip. It did taste like Cabo to me. People were having to keep Cheryl upright. or But then she would pogo up and down, dancing. She was a dynamo. 
Yeah, she, yeah, she, they had to drag her away a few Pogo times. She was like, uh, she was like James Brown kept coming back for more. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <thought she was. laughs> they put the cloak on her shoulders, and she go no, 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 and then she pop back up and Pogo some more. She get up almost out of sight and just escape from them and come and start <laughs> jostling around. And there was a moment we thought she was. I thought she was just gonna puke and yeah, throw yeah. up all over. I did too. I was trying she, to like move away every time she turned around, and then all of a sudden she just jumped up. <laughs> she got like. Second, third, fourth wins. And she'd be pogroing with the fiend. The, the funniest thing was when, right before, like, they completely dragged her off the dance floor, she was just clinging to Tim, but she was still pogoing. <laughs> she was completely out of it with her face in his neck and her, ha- her arms, like, drooped over his and shoulders. Back and she's going. still pogoing <laughs> to the music. It was, it was just Her amazing. eyes closed. She had her eyes closed, her head back, and she's still pogoing. Yeah, she was just pogoing. <laughs> yeah. I hear music. I have to pogo. I must pogo. She. <laughs> I tell you that that's uh, I don't know that's that was both sad and impressive at the same time. <laughs> they were D-backs fans, and Shelley was made sure we knew that. Cheryl was from yeah. Cleveland, though. Right. So somehow their family's tied to Cleveland. Her ex and her kids are in Arizona too, or whatever. I don't want to get all. I shouldn't have been yeah. What am I doing? You did say hi. Hey, Mike. That's Kathy. Oh, Kathy, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm the remote reporter going on over here. <laughs> He's, uh, she's the fourth angel. He's I'm the like foreign Charlie. correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> and we made it home okay and got up early and got a bunch of sleep. Yeah, we, we did? When did we yeah. get a bunch of sleep? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I kidding. know somebody got a bunch of sleep because they were snoring through the entire night. And it wasn't the guy with the sleep machine. Yes. yes. Was it me? Yes. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So heard. what, you kept yourself up all night is what you're telling no. us? He was the first one to fall asleep, actually. So I'm getting the machine ready out here. It's a little, little, little nice nice snoring. Yeah, I hear this, I hear this steady shows. snoring, and it's like, ah, oh, screw it. Get out the iPod, <laughs> listen to more podcasts. So Mick never did sleep. I got like 45 minutes of sleep. Mike, you must have fell asleep. You didn't tell me I snored. No, I, I slept good. I, there wasn't anything waking me up. Mike, it was just three Mickey hours. Was, but Mickey was sleeping on the floor. Yeah, I had the floor because there were only three beds. So I, I forgot the, the air floor. mattress. I slept... Uh, that was slept. nice of you to volunteer for the floor. Pretty, yeah, I guess pretty he just video. knew that he wasn't going to sleep anyway. <laughs> yeah. so, did you sleep the whole night up. with the machine on? sitting up. Why didn't well, you three hours. Three yeah, straight hours with the machine, which is good. Which is like, for me, getting three hours of that machine on... Which is for me because I'm not used to it. It's like getting a six hour, seven hours right there. Is that your your a hose head? Yeah, I usually can't keep it on all night, especially if it's hot. But when it's nice and cold, I found out lately, and in that room that night because it was cold in the room. <laughs> the room was a meat locker. My uh, that's right. a, cold is that's an understatement. Complaining or are you happy it was cool? Charlie's complaining. Everybody else but me was happy that it was frigid in there. Yeah, it was too cold. Meat lockers is like Florida compared to this. You shouldn't admit to that, Mike. (laughs) I'm sorry. You shouldn't admit to that. Like like a male female thing. (laughs) No, I I don't care. It was cold. She just she just in a nice way. She just called you gay. There's our first will, our next like a keystone trait. <laughs> you got to I open up that door and then you get that. You hear that sound like you uh, you hear when you open up a deep freezer. Wow, there you have. It. Yeah, yeah. Most guys they like to see their breath when they're uh, sleeping. 
Yeah, that's what it was. It just frothed all over. <laughs> it, was, it was cool. It was cool, but I liked so it. You guys nice. are all happy. Oh, it's nice in here. It's I nice actually used here. a sheet to sleep with. It was nice. Oh, that one. Yeah. You must have been cold. <laughs> I didn't know I snored. You didn't yes, tell me I snored. snored. Yeah, yeah, you did. Did you hear? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to complain about anybody snoring. I got my well, own. He was in a different room. <laughs> I was in a different room, and I heard it. Uh, and I Greg was big time in the morning. I heard that, but I didn't, I didn't hear anything late at Greg, night. You just gotta take it for granted. You snore every night. <laughs> no, only when it's real cold. <laughs> That's right. We gotta turn the heat up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought it was other. Yeah, yeah, I get it working. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it wasn't cold enough. <laughs> so we got up at no, six. No, no, it was cold enough. <laughs> We got up at we went six, to bed at near three. Got, got up. So four of us. We got ready Not really I, I quick. I think it was more like two. two it was two thirty. No, it was two forty-five when okay. I was out. I saw two thirty. Okay, I'll go for that. We were listening to NASCAR race and the mooses crossing and everything at two thirty. I know that. That's, that's my blowing of my nose. <laughs> I rinse my sinuses out with a saving solution. We don't need to go through all my Felix uh, Unger stuff. Smoke plays his nose like a tuba. With a what? A neti pot? Oh, I, I don't. I just have an, an ear syringe and some saline solution, homemade. Yeah, squirt it in. Yeah, it goes in one nostril, comes out the other. Well, you're supposed to use the neti pot. It looks like an, a lantern and a lantern. I just use this thing. I know what you mean. I <laughs> I use power. Power. It flushes it out. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's great. It feels so good though. <laughs> we got up at six. Uh, left the room at seven. <laughs> and you guys had your waffle. Oh, we breakfast. had our waffles. You guys made waffles. They yes, waffles. they had they had those waffle Good makers waffles. and they had big waffles. And then and uh, took off around eight, right? Something like that. Probably, so definitely by eight. eight before yeah, eight. A little, little before eight when we hit the road, right? We hit the road, and drove off, drove off into the sunrise. And uh, the good news is, <laughs> Mick got home and around, went to sleep around ten thirty. I got home around ten thirty. <laughs> Sat at the uh, computer for like an hour and then went to my bed and crashed for six hours. Oh I slept from noon to six on Jeez. Saturday. And I loved it. I'm completely envious. Yeah, because we drove, we all drove our own ways to get to the Michigan football game in Ann Arbor. Did you oh, make yeah, kickoff? You, were you? Weren't you? I had to go to a football game. I was tired. Yeah, I walked in like uh, the band was still playing when I got there. Same oh, with us. Yeah, we all got there at the same time. That's weird. Did you see the man hit his uh, feather on the floor? No. I went that? and watched that while he was going pee-pee. <laughs> you do get personal on this show. I was, just, I was just scouting the fastest way to get to our seats, which we went some crazy way. But uh, we got to our seats and saw the football game. I actually I had to leave early because I had to go to a, a church, a mass for my dad, in memoriam, and I got there in the middle of the homily. <laughs> in your shorts, you could see the stench. <laughs> I, I put my, I went, to, I stopped. Okay, you want to say? I stopped at Ray Hunter's in Flat Rock. It I'm telling you, no, I stopped oh. at the parking lot. There were, a, there were pink lines coming off of you, Joe. Oh, you could, you Did could you have a see. Flies it. like Linus. Yeah, it like was, it was, around. it was so bad. I smelled <laughs> so bad because I just sweat. You bought a bouquet of flowers and rubbed them under your armpits. Just rubbed the flowers all over. I didn't go in. I parked the side of the lot and I went. There's like a little alley next to the dumpster, and I just, I just changed. Dropped my shorts, put my jeans on, and I didn't have a good shirt. And the dumpster said, "What the hell stinks?" I had, I had to use a shirt I already wore. 
to the drive down there. It's all wrinkled, and I put it on. I just, the I smell. Says. Yeah. What the hell's that? And uh, smiled down on you. Wayne. Made it to church. <laughs> made it church right in the middle, of, and I read the mass. I saw. I found a book, and I just read the readings and the gospel, so I felt better. But I had. I stayed. I went to the back of the church, the cry room area. You I didn't dare go into the regular. <laughs> I was getting a stink eye from the wife. I was. You know, I didn't want to insult my mom any more than I was since I smelled. <laughs> I didn't. It was the best part was when my sisters came in, gave me, you know, hello, kiss, and uh, then smelled. And then they ran away. Yes. Their nose. <laughs> I didn't warn them. They fainted <laughs> flat out. The room, the Especially the, and I think my uh, pregnant sister got a little sick there. <laughs> I mean, I smelled. <laughs> And then, while they all went to the cemetery, the restaurant, I was able to go to my mom's house in peace. Nobody else there. Take a shower, shave, everything. And I even was able to run to the cemetery and get to the restaurant in time. And uh, and then everybody's like, boy, you smell so Did you buy flowers nice. or flowers for the cemetery? Or? <laughs> no, I didn't. I should have. That would have been, I would have been able to really put Two it for all one. together. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was uh, quite a day. And finally, after uh, big extended family dinner. I didn't get home till nine o'clock, and I just, I just passed out. Did you see the end of the UFC game? I'm too old for this. We actually thought at one time that we were thinking seriously to go to Chicago the same night after the Michigan game. <laughs> well, yeah, we thought I might about have, it. I might have thrown that out there. Drive <laughs> to Chicago and drive back. But That's the Michigan after the Michigan game. Yeah, there's no way. There's You'd no be way. showing up like right before the opening ads came on. Yeah, and just uh, yeah, it would be a zombie. We were dreaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was. It might have actually been a dream of some but sort. But the three shows in a row, it's the it's the game that got in the way. Three shows in a row wouldn't be that bad. Because mm-hmm. I've done three shows in a row for you, too. So yeah, just, yeah, the game would have taken a lot out of us. But yeah, go Well, on. it did take a lot because I was I just never well, stopped. Well, so I had people... You're going to be a groupie, you're going to be a football fan. Well, I made my choice. That, These guys wanted to the game. You know, it, 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 it wasn't just that... It was two shows and a game immediately after. It was the 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 temperature at the game. You know, was in it's, the mid nineties. We're not getting any breeze yeah. where we sit. We're in the sun the, the whole time game, all year. It, it was the hottest game Bruce, of the year. We're in the sun. I had your uh, Greg's work buddy Bruce getting napkins for me. Here, here, you want napkins to get, to get the sweat off of me? I'm oh, like, geez. no, it's napkins. not going to help. It doesn't matter. Yeah, napkins does nothing for schmoke sweat. <laughs> it's going to take a lot of terry cloth to... Uh... I mean, this is the same sun that killed people in the Chicago you? Marathon. You know, it you was... need Thompson's water seal for schmoke sweat. <laughs> it, it, was, it felt... Uh, I, I felt like all the... Any toxins that were in me were getting... <laughs> were getting flushed out. I was fine, except I sweat so much, you know, like, you don't see right. You know, it's like your eyes sweat or something. Well, Bruce was salt in your eyes. Well, I mean, it just and there's no getting around it till you take a shower. I mean, Bruce was telling me later on. I don't know what that's like, Joe. He said, he said, at one time I was watching Joe, his chin was like a little faucet. It was just like, <laughs> <He's dripping. laughs> yeah, doop, doop. That's what that happens all the time. Yeah, no kidding. We're talking about schmoke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's when things are good. If I'm not sweating, then worry. I'm, I was fine. It felt great. And then I he jogged. He breaks into a my... sweat turning pages. <laughs> yeah, if he, if he blinks too hard. So, yeah, our, our Roger Klein weekend is over. And yep. we're back to work now. But uh, there's still a little bit left of the Chad Heckler interview. So. Enjoy. Yeah, here it is. And we'll... See you on the flip side. <laughs>
I mean, it, it, I like the way you sound, and I think uh, Roger picked the right, you know, guitar maker. Yeah. You, you think along the same lines. Well, yeah, in all fairness, right. in all fairness, he didn't pick me. I picked him. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, well, one of my favorite guitar, one of my favorite guitar manufacturers is Paul Reed Smith. I have two of their guitars, and they're all handmade. Um, they cost on the order of three thousand dollars, and um, the first thing he did once he started making guitars and realized that he was a good maker is he gave one to Ted Nugent, and that just made him huge. I mean, Ted Nugent's zebra stripe guitar—that's that's who made it. So I thought, well. Who, who can I give it to? And I thought, well, I'm a huge fan of Roger Klein. He's he's my favorite singer, you know, my favorite bands, and, and his fans are just crazy enough to get crazy about about guitars. You know, I, all of them I talk to, they're musicians and singers, and they love they love the sound, and they're fanatical, like by the definition of the word. Um, so I thought, well, maybe I'll get some publicity from that, and not only that, it'd be just cool to have him playing it. But I, I tried once, and like I said, I was unsuccessful. I could have gave up, but I both picked this one for him. And luckily, he's, he's, a, he's a straight up guy. He's just real friendly and invites um, me, me, me on the tour bus before I, I mean, eight years ago when my wife and I were just standing out in line early for a show. He's like, You want to come out to the bus and check it out? Yeah, he peeked in there, sat down for a few minutes, got a drink, and so I mean, and that back then, I mean, he didn't know, didn't know me. I wasn't offering him anything. It was pretty cool. It is pretty cool. It is. And I was talking with uh, Nick earlier about how many miles that tour bus had. He said, well, they replaced the engine about 1.5 million miles. And uh, <laughs> they got another few hundred thousand on there. So it's definitely been around the block. But it's pretty nice in there. I mean, it's not brand new or anything, but you can tell they're not one of those rock bands that, like, trashes it or anything. And they have the, be in it every day. You know they, they have, have a nice cooler in there with the beer. Give you a free beer and drinks. And, and Nick's making sandwiches for everybody. And I mean, this is all grassroots too. I mean, they don't have a label. They don't have promoters. I mean, the way I got in touch with Roger is I looked on their website and their PR manager's number is right on the website. I called her up. Nicest lady in the world. She says, yeah, that sounds great. I'll give you Jamie's number. He's the tour manager. Called him up and... That's how I got in touch with them in Phoenix and gave them the guitar. Um, I was at that uh, the Chase Stadium show where they played it after the Diamondbacks game, so that's when I gave it to them. So. Oh, this, just this year, this earlier, this baseball season in July, yeah. That was the show, that's when you. Is that the one where the, somebody ran on the field? Oh yeah, that yeah, was hilarious. I, I mean, I was there and I thought I saw that lady running. I'm like, holy cow! And then I saw five guys behind her and she got tackled. Everybody's cheering for her. It wasn't a, just a little tackle. I mean, no, no, it was. You see footage from that show used in the video for the D-back swing song. That oh, he is just it? Came out. Yeah, I, I believe it's that night. D-back to D-backs. Yeah, that's a back jack, I-back, D-back, D-back to D-backs. Yeah. I, I, I see a joke. I know, hey. You know, I probably will paint the meter. Well, the funny thing was, Rod, I, I, I pulled into the parking spot out there and I saw Roger walking by and said, hey, like, oh, nice to see you, whatever. So I go on the tour bus, Roger comes running in and he's like, dude, there's a lady out there. You need to put money in the meter. I thought he was talking about for the tour bus. Well, he was getting money to put the meter, put in the meter for my car so I didn't get a ticket. I'm like, man, this guy is awesome. Yeah, that's something else. I couldn't believe it. 
I was coming out there. I'm like, man, I didn't put money in my car either, in the meter in front of my car either. I better go do it. And I go out there, and that's what he was doing. I'm like, oh, a nice guy. He's like, I, I gotta hang. I love to hang out with you on the bus for a few minutes, but I gotta call in for parent-teacher conferences. Oh, he did. He had to call in for parent-teacher conferences. So I thought that was pretty stand-up. Yeah. On tour and still a family guy. Hola, good people. This is Roger Klein. There is no more beautiful world, and you are listening to Wasting Away on the North Coast. Short summers, long days, hit the beaches, catch some rays. Hibernate until June, leave it up, it's gone too soon. When you live on the North Coast, manage your time. Best three months you gotta get through now. That's life on the 